0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm Pro Life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. It is a joy to join you tonight on Pro Life Prime Time to issue an encouragement to you and a call to action. For two very important events that start up in these very days in the pro life effort, bringing the word of life to America. One is National Life Chain Sunday, this Sunday, October 1st. The other, starting today, is the 40 Days for Life fall campaign for 2023. These are two initiatives that all of us at Priest for Life and I personally have supported strongly. Since their inception. And these are initiatives that we've been very proud to be involved in growing and getting to their current position of strength, influence in saving lives and converting minds and hearts. Both of these are movements of prayer. Both of these are movements that anyone can get involved in. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why. Let's begin with prayer and with the Word of God. And uh, and then I will share with you my encouragement to you to get involved in these outreaches. When we go to Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus explaining the purpose of his ministry. Starting in verse 16, And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Let us pray. Father, we know why you sent your son. He called the devil a liar and a murderer. In the Gospel of John, and in the first letter of John, we read that the Son of God came into the world to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the lies with truth, to destroy the murder with the gift of life. And That is why, O Father, your Son called, called himself the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way back to you because he is the truth that destroys the devil's lies, the life that undoes his murderous acts. We praise you, Father, for we know the Son and that is by your gift. Lord God, may we bear witness to him and to the gospel of life. Enable us, Lord God, to proclaim from the rooftops liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And a year of favor from you, O God. A year of favor because it will be a culture of life. A year of favor because it will be victory over death. A year of favor because it will be truth over falsehood. Where once again violence is driven out. And our youngest brothers and sisters are again protected. Father, bring us to that culture of life. May we proclaim these truths on the public sidewalks and streets of America, in front of the abortion facilities and at busy intersections, may we be privileged enough to be part of this great movement, hence saving lives and drawing people to you. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I am so excited, as I hope you are, That once again, the people of God are gathering and coming out into the streets of America, onto the sidewalks of America. You know, when I first began with Priests for Life 30 years ago, I said to my team, the churches have to be activated. The people of God have to be awakened to the reality of abortion and to the rights of the unborn and to their duty to defend those children. And when they are... When they have prayed about it in church, when they have heard the word of God calling them to action, when they have been privileged to receive the preaching about our duty to protect the unborn, they will not remain, nor should they remain, within the four walls of that church, but they will go out. And isn't that what Jesus did with his disciples? He taught them privately. He nurtured them. He formed a community, but then he sent them out. Not only the 12 apostles, but the 72 disciples. He sent them out two by two. Go to every town and village. Jesus himself showed that energy. He said, come on, let's keep going. You didn't want to be unduly delayed. To other towns, I must proclaim the kingdom. And they went from place to place to place. You see this in the Gospels. You see Jesus sending out with, with detailed instructions. Those apostles go out to the people. You don't sit back and wait for them to come to you. You go out to them because you've been sent. And you've been sent with a message from God. You've you've been equipped with the Word of God, which is why Jesus could tell them, those who hear you, hear me. Those who welcome you, welcome me. And it's the same with us. We are filled with the Word of God, which is the Word of life. We understand the truth about human life. We understand the dignity of the unborn. And we go out to proclaim it. And those who hear us are hearing the Lord. They're hearing the Lord. We have His authority behind us. We have the power of His message within us that we are now bringing to others. And brothers and sisters, as we do this, we are are drinking of the Spirit of God who not only is manifested in Jesus and those He sent forth doing this activity in the public streets, in the plazas, but we also have The example in the Acts of the Apostles, where this same energy is manifested in the life and ministry of Paul and Barnabas and all the others that are mentioned in the Acts of the Apostles, what did they do? Let us go. Let us go encourage the brothers. Let us set sail on the ships. Let us go to places welcome or unwelcome. Didn't Paul say that? Preach the word, whether convenient or inconvenient, welcome or unwelcome. Paul also said, woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel of Christ. You see this energy, this drive, this relentless compulsion that they had, in the best sense of the word, to get out there. The love of Christ compels us to announce good news of life. Go back to this passage, the very mission of Jesus, which therefore is the mission of the church, his body. We're talking about Jesus here. We're talking about us. Because if we're incorporated into him, if we're members of his body, well, then his mission becomes our mission. And how did he describe that mission? In this passage where he said the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled right here before your eyes, it uses the word proclaim three times. The Spirit of the Lord is here upon me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Proclaim. We do it with words. We do it by going in person, out into the public arena to proclaim. Now, what is it that we're proclaiming? whether we go out on Life Chain Sunday and stand peacefully and prayerfully with our brothers and sisters holding various signs showing the reality of abortion, or whether we go out in prayerful vigil at the abortion facilities of America with our fellow believers in an organized way, we are by our very presence proclaiming all the things that Jesus mentions here in this passage that Isaiah originally gave us. Good news to the poor. You go out there and you hold those signs. You go out there and you take part in those prayer vigils. You are proclaiming the good news to the poorest of the poor, who are the unborn children, that they are not alone. And when you're at that abortion facility, you save many lives. But even if you can't save them, you have seen to it that they did not die alone, that they did not die forgotten. This is especially dramatic if the abortions are taking place at the very hours that you are standing there. You made sure they didn't die alone. You made sure they didn't die in secret. You made it known to the whole community what was happening. The good news to the poor, that they are not alone, but that also Christ has come so that they might be poor no longer. So that they, poor, and the word poor here in the Scriptures is indicating that somebody has no help and no hope but God alone. That's the situation they're in. Especially when, being scheduled for an abortion, the words of the psalmist come true that say, Though father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Isn't that an expression similar to what we read in Isaiah when God says, Can a mother forget her child, be without tenderness for the child within her womb? Yet even should she forget, which is what happens when one is tempted to abort, I will never forget you. In other words, the Lord is saying, if the unthinkable happens, that a mother can go to abort her own child, if that should happen, which it never should, but if it does, you still have me. See, that's the good news to the poor. They're poor because every earthly help has been robbed from them. Not to mention the fact they're too young to know any better or any different. They don't even realize the danger that they're in. And they're too young to even know how to pray. Somebody's in danger for their lives. Somebody gets kidnapped, for example, or held at gunpoint. At least they can pray. These children can't even pray as that abortionist prepares his knife to cut their bodies apart. So Psalm 27 says, Though father and mother forsake me. Wow. Wow. I mean, the father and the mother are the ones to whom the Lord has entrusted this new life. But even should they forsake me, what does it say? The Lord will receive me. This translation I have here is the Lord will take me in. Well, isn't that what we're saying when we go out? We go out to say, I want to take you in. You're already in my heart. You're in my mind. You're on my lips. I'm proclaiming your existence, your personhood, your rights. I'm going to take you in. And should I have the fortune of saving your life from the abortionist knife, I'll be willing to take you in physically as well. We as a movement can say that. We will provide, we will find the loving parents to take care of that child. So the Spirit of the Lord, He's anointed us. Now the word anointed means Messiah. It means Christ in Greek, Hebrew Messiah. One who's given a mission. The kings were anointed. The prophets were anointed. Christ is the anointed one. The mission of saving us. We're anointed. By our baptism, we're anointed. If we've received the sacrament of confirmation, we're anointed. The clergy are anointed in their ordination. We're, an, we're sent. This is not some idea that we come up with. Oh, let's go out onto the street. Because we're better than other people. It's not a message of being better than anybody. Oh, we want to control women's life. Oh, we want to take their rights away. It's none none of that. We want to do violence. We want to oppress. We want to intimidate. It's none of that. It's this. I want to proclaim good news to the poor. You are not alone. There is help. There is hope. There is love. Even if father and mother forsake you, we are speaking directly to the unborn. We're also speaking quite directly to those moms and dads. You no, know, these, these activities save lives. Look, you can be mathematically certain. If you go out and you spend an hour at Life Chain this coming Sunday, you go out and you spend an hour in front of that abortion mill at a prayer vigil. I'm telling you today with mathematical certainty, you have saved a life. You might not see that change right in, before your very eyes. You might not have the good fortune of that mom coming up to you and say she changed her mind about abortion. But you have saved a life. We know a little a little bumper sticker can change a person's mind about abortion. A little pin that someone used, a little label on an envelope, a little sign in a, in, a, in a church parking lot. How much more the sign of God's people. You become the sign anointed by the Savior who came to get, bring good news to the poor. You are now a sign. To those moms, those dads who are in such despair, in such fear, it's not freedom of choice that fuels abortion or brings someone to the door of the abortion clinic. It's despair. So you're going out as a sign of new hope. It says, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive. Who is more captive than the unborn child? whose very personhood has been denied, whose very right to life has been suppressed, unrecognized by the law in so many places, although we know, praise God, that that is changing step by step and state by state. But nevertheless, too many captives. We are there to proclaim liberty, liberty through law, liberty through the recognition that there is no constitutional right to abortion in our federal constitution. This is liberty for the captives because now the people can protect these children through their elected lawmakers. Recovery of sight to the blind. When you're standing there on the street with your fellow citizens and fellow believers praying to end abortion, whether you're standing side by side in the life chain, facing the traffic, letting the passersby by see what's happening, or whether you're at that abortion facility, you are opening the eyes of the blind. Again, people might not come up to you and tell you. But you're forcing them to think about an issue that they're probably going out of their way to avoid thinking about. The painful, conflicted issue of abortion that so many want to run away from, you're making it impossible for the people who see it, who see you there, to run away from it. And this is what we have to do. Just like we reflected a moment ago, these apostles went out. Jesus sent his disciples to go out on his authority to proclaim the gospel of life. So it is with the people in our society. Just like they couldn't sit back, the apostles couldn't sit back and say, oh, let's wait for people to knock on the door and then we'll tell them about Jesus. No. They don't even know what questions to ask. You have to go to them. And so it is with us in the pro-life movement. And so it is what's going to happen this weekend and in these next 40 days. We're going to go out. And we're going to proclaim a message that we weren't asked about. We weren't asked to proclaim it. We have the authority. We are impelled by the love of Christ, by the gospel of life, to go out there and bring the message to people who are refusing to think about it. You and I are involved in the pro-life movement deeply. We're thinking about abortion all the time. Most of our fellow citizens, they're not. And they find it too p- painful to think about. Well, we got to force the issue. And so we go where they already are. They're not going to go out of their way to find us So, or the pro-life message. So where they're already going, down the street, on their way to back and forth to work, on their way to leisure activities, whatever they're doing, we put ourselves in their path and say you've got a responsibility to deal with this issue. And then by seeing our love, by seeing that we're going out of our way, why are those people making the sacrifices? Why do they care so much about this? You know, some of the those who ridicule us will say, "Oh, get a life. In other words, what? why in the world are you doing this? Yeah, well, we have a life and we want the babies to have a life too. And just our very presence makes people think, why are they doing this? Or if we have a sign that, 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 that educates people about abortion, we're, we're bringing recovery of sight to the blind. Because not to see the value of a human life, not to see the right to life of these babies is a blindness that is so destructive of our society. Proclaim a year of the Lord's favor. The Lord's favor comes in a culture of life. We are proclaiming that the time has come for this kingdom of God that has broken into our midst, which is a kingdom of life, to have its preeminence, its predominance over all the thinking and all the public policies of our nation. I'm thinking about a chapter, a, a verse in Isaiah 58 also, which again summarizes the spirit of the people coming out both for life chain and for 40 days for life. Take this passage again to heart. Isaiah 58, starting in verse 1. Listen what he tells us to do. Cry aloud, he says. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression. to the house of Jacob, their sins. And then he goes on to say, to people who worship and pray and fast, how can you do these things and allow violence in your midst allow oppression to continue i've come to set the oppressed free how can we allow abortion to continue how can we allow these children to continue to be captive to a destructive philosophy that says somehow they are not persons they are persons and so we get up and we cry aloud we don't hold back oh i'm afraid to go out oh i'm afraid it's going to be violent oh i don't want to be yelled at i don't want to be spat upon oh maybe it's going to be dangerous it's not going to be dangerous These are organized events done completely within the bounds of the law. You're not going to be cast off to prison. Follow the direction of the groups that are organizing these prayer vigils and these life chains, and you will be fine. In fact, you will be inspired. It's so inspiring for me. You know, I've prayed at these vigils and, and life change for decades and decades. It's so inspiring to see. I want to I thank in advance the moms and the dads who are bringing their children, the grandparents who are bringing their grandchildren. Scripture says, train up your children in the ways of the Lord. You are doing that just by bringing them to these events. You're teaching them to speak out for these babies. Cry aloud, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet because there's too much silence declare to my people their transgressions this is not this doesn't mean you're judging them it means you're proclaiming the difference between right and wrong that's what it means you're declaring their transgressions in an objective way here are some of the signs of the life chain this is declaring to people their transgressions you're holding this sign abortion kills children And you're holding this sign which is which is declaring something that is true this is the conclusion people need to come to about abortion and brothers and sisters in other contexts at other kinds of gatherings people hold and i always advocate it showing the pictures of the aborted babies it might not be part of what the group is organizing that that you're participating in with life chain or 40 days for life but it's done in other contexts and that's the evidence that compels the conclusion. People might not think abortion kills children, but you show them the child who was killed and it's pretty compelling that that's exactly what abortion does. I remember being in contact with Royce Dunn, who started LifeChain with the Let Them Live uh, ministry in, in California, and uh, I suggested to Royce in the 90s that together with the Abortion Kills Children sign, there would be this sign. And he took the suggestion, obviously, and it's been part of Life Chain ever since, Abortion hurts women. We are standing up not only for the child. We're standing up for the mother and the father. This is not just a woman's issue. It's a human rights issue. It's a family issue. It's about the mother. It's about the father. And abortion hurts them. In fact, abortion hurts everybody who is in any way, shape, or form involved with it. It devastates them. And those of you who have been through it know that. And by holding a sign that says abortion hurts women, we are declaring that we're quite aware of your pain. And we're quite ready to lead you, too, to the freedom, the consolation that the Lord wants to bring into this situation. Our love for the moms and the dads, Our love and concern for the families is impelling us to go out and to bring this message. You know, when we do it, so aware that we are proclaiming a message from the Lord himself, that brings us two immediate characteristics, and then a third, of these gatherings. One, brothers and sisters, is total humility. You know, when we go out there, we're praying the Our Father, for example. What do we say? Forgive us our trespasses. We're acknowledging that we're sinners. Many of you will say the rosary at these gatherings. What are we saying? Pray for us sinners. We're not primarily saying pray for those sinners over there going into the abortion clinic. No, we're pointing the finger at ourselves. It's all humility because we know that the message we're proclaiming is not one that we created. The message we're proclaiming is one that we received that we want to make sure the people who hear us and see us are receiving. Because we're all under the same moral law. We're all obligated to the very same gospel of life and the duty to protect life. We're not saying we're better than anybody else. Don't let anyone ever make you think that by participating in these events, you're supposed to be considering yourself superior to anybody or it's kind of some form of pride or arrogance or self-assertion. No, not at all. It's like somebody at one of the rosary vigils I was leading comes up to me and says, after we're finished, oh, you people are self-righteous. And I said, self-righteous? I just stood here on the public sidewalk and proclaimed 150 times that I'm a sinner. I didn't hear you say it once. We're the ones that are expressing our repentance. We have aborted God's will in our own lives. And we're turning to the Lord and asking for that forgiveness. So that's one one characteristic, spiritual characteristic that shapes Our activity. The other is profound confidence. Confidence. Again, because it's not a message we created, it doesn't depend on our own ingenuity, creativity, or skill. Depends on the message itself. The word of the gospel of life that you proclaim just by being out there, holding a sign, Praying as an individual is a word that is capable of changing people's minds and hearts and saving lives, healing hearts, urging people to seek repentance because indeed abortion hurts women and everyone else. Friends, never lose confidence in the word. And that's why these, these, these gatherings take on the characteristic of peace, unity, and joy because of the fact that we know we are doing something, we are actually accomplishing something by standing there, the message itself has a power way beyond ourselves. Have confidence in that message. It's the gospel of life. It's the word of Christ witnessing, speaking through you. But that can only happen if we come together and go out and place ourselves, as I was saying before, in the path of the people who share our towns and cities with us and countrysides and who need to be confronted with this message. Let me give you one more scripture here that, again, shows this zeal that should mark us as we go out on these these events. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. Starting with verse 17, the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles. When they remember, they were out preaching the gospel. They arrested them and put them in the public prison. They were proclaiming the word in the spirit I just said, and they got thrown in prison. Watch what happened because this is the Spirit of the Lord that fills us now, and that's going to be manifested on the streets of America this weekend and these next 40 days. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the Senate of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Brothers and sisters, you see the zeal? Paul will say elsewhere in his epistles, you cannot imprison the word of the Lord. He was thrown in prison many times, feet shackled. You cannot imprison the word of the Lord. And I want to say that to you today as we begin another season of 40 Days for Life, as we begin another life chain. You cannot imprison the word of the Lord. We have pro-life people right now who are in prison for having proclaimed the word of the Lord. And we stand with them mightily. But brothers and sisters, there are all kinds of other prisons that more of us are in that we must come out of, prisons of fear. We're afraid, again, that we're going to to be arrested, or we're afraid we're going to be attacked, or we're afraid we're going to lose popularity, or people are going to make fun of us for standing up for life. Make fun of you for standing up to protect little children? We should be honored if we are accused of that, blamed for that, or ridiculed for that. Jesus says. Stand up and leap for joy if you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. There's all kinds of prisons, brothers and sisters. Human respect. We're worried about what other people are going to think of us for being too active in the pro-life movement. Maybe we're going to lose our jobs. Maybe we're going to get kicked out of the priesthood. Maybe we're going to get punished in one or another way or a third way. You know what? Bring it on. We're here to defend the defenseless. Nothing is going to stop us. You have perhaps been in prison in various ways. Throw off those shackles. Let the angel of God lead you out the front door and go back into the public arena and teach this word of life. Nothing, absolutely nothing, must deter us. Absolutely nothing must make us afraid. Absolutely nothing must stop us. We give the amount of time that we're able to give and we understand people are limited by, of course, the duties of their own calling in life, responsibilities to work and family. We understand, everyone understands that. But brothers and sisters, the time we are able to give, the one hour of sacrifice we are able to make, you will save lives, you will convert minds and hearts, you will heal wounds brought on by abortion. You will help change public policy. You will start countless conversations in the kitchens and living rooms and workplaces and churches of America. You will encourage your fellow citizens and pro-life believers by them seeing you there and you seeing them there. We are all strengthened in our common commitment. And you will strengthen your own convictions about this. Because we can have a conviction, but when we speak it, and then when we go out and we bear witness to it publicly, guess what happens? Not only do other people see it, we become stronger in that very same conviction. The day has come. Let's join up with our 40 Days Prayer Groups. I was privileged, I was so privileged to be part of the initial growth of this ministry. I was made aware of it when it was just a very local effort there in Texas. And then when it began to expand nationally, I was brought in on these discussions. I was the first pro-life leader to endorse it, by the way, on the national level, and then helped in the transition of this from a local to a national, now a worldwide effort. Precisely because I had already seen, from going around and praying at abortion mills and gathering prayer vigils since 1993, I had already seen the thirst well, among the pro-life people, for some kind of organized effort to bring them out. Yeah, I would go to places and people would come out to be with me to prayer, prayer vigil, and then our message always was, okay, you came out today, how about next week? How about the week after that? We had to find a way to sustain that presence in front of these killing centers, and not just in the killing centers, but everywhere. Everywhere in the public arena, which, again, is why life chain is so valuable. You know, there's some communities where I encourage then there to be a monthly life chain, and that's still continuing to this day. Started encouraging that 30 years ago. And we have the presence of the people of God always willing to follow these biblical examples, come out and save lives. So I want to thank you for doing that. You know, we have a lot of prayer resources. When you're going out and praying, there are prayers on the back of these life chain signs. There are prayer resources, obviously, offered by 40 Days for Life. But we at Priests for Life have prayers for you to use as well. And you'll find them at ProLifePrayers.com. ProLifePrayers.com. Check that out today. Download some of those prayers. Use them as you go forth in your ministry and know that we are here to encourage you, to equip you. And to stand with you, I will be in the course of my travels and those travels of my team with you in person in many of these events throughout our nation in these coming weeks. So let's turn back to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, you are indeed the word of life that sets the captives free. We are so privileged that you have chosen us to be part of this this movement and this mission May your word of life shine through our words and actions, our prayers and witness. Father, keep us all safe. Keep us all joyful. Enable our gatherings at these events, not only to bring the word of life to the community, but to enable us to meet and form new friendships and new partnerships with so many of the other people in whom you have lit the the flame of passion for the gospel of life, and for the unborn. May we continue to build relationships. May we rejoice together. May we accomplish the purpose for which you have sent forth your word, a purpose to give life to the full. We pray now in the words that our Savior gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses As we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pro life leader Frank Pavone here, friends, encouraging you. 40 Days for Life, life chain. Let's get out in numerous ways and proclaim this message for the sake of our unborn brothers and sisters. Thank you for being part of this. We look forward to hearing from you and please be connected with our entire ministry, which you'll find at endabortion.us, endabortion.us. Connect with us and let's encourage one another in this great cause. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priest for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priest for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day.